Not to give it away. <laughs> the game's finished. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched the game. DWS1. Hello friends, welcome back to Do You Footy, the podcast that does footy chat with more chat and less footy. The footy finals are continuing to deliver. We've had a very heated round of finals and no shortage of controversy. We're all on the phone today. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, so let's jump in. Rads, how was your round? Oh, guys, it's uh, another brilliant round here in Queensland. So much to talk about, but uh, I've just been running around this weekend enjoying the sun. I did say to you, free body, that I've gone and been a real rookie and uh, probably enjoyed the sun a little bit too much yesterday. I got a significant race of back tan line just burnt right into the old shoulder blades, so... It's been a um, singe start to the weekend, and then um, it just certainly uh, was hot at the Gabba last night, but we can get to that a little bit later. But you, Burns, have got a fresh haircut, I can see, by the, uh, is that this weekend, maybe, or recently? It was recently, it was a Thursday night, uh, fresh cut. There was no footy, so I had to do something else to fill my time. <laughs> um, <laughs> My round was pretty low-key, though, guys. I uh, have had to do quite a bit of work this weekend, so was pretty uh, homebound. Um, watched both games with eager attention, though, and had many feels that we will get into. Uh, Tate, what about you? How did your round go? Uh, yeah, it was good. I've been a pretty, um, pretty bad podcast uh, co-host member, though, because I was down the coast, I go down the coast a lot, but I was in Apollo Bay this weekend for my brother's 40th and there was 40 people, 30, 40 people staying at this house and there are a lot of bedrooms, but there was a shortage on the TV front. So I've been doing the um, the app following of the footy and I've watched some highlights and things, but I, I haven't been able to see the intricate detail, but I've certainly heard a lot about it. So there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've been bombarded with these highly emotive texts between Burns and I during like last night's game. <laughs> you would have had no context. Like, what the hell are these two crazies on about? Well, it was very interesting following via the app because I was obviously trying to do socialising as well, but would check in on the score. And I thought some of the there was some big changes in um, score lines, which were interesting to follow um, at a more of an intermittent approach via the app. <laughs> had a lot going on this week there's there's been a, a no shortage of text messages between all of us because there's a lot of controversy this week's had everything really we've had a lot of highs and lows absolutely it certainly has and for what we like to be known as quite the jovial uh podcast of do you footy the week certainly did not start that way monday was a really rough night for everyone that's in some way associated with the afl danny Foley, very affectionately known as spud who and any friends of the potty that don't know, Danny had a very decorated footballing career, but then uh, followed that up with an extensive and much followed and admired media career as well. Um, he tragically passed on Monday afternoon, and uh, I think it's pretty awful that something like that makes us all realise that this is just more than a game and his connections to people of all sort of walks of life whether they were competitors, colleagues, friends and family is pretty remarkable. 
Okay, so not to dwell on that really tragic news, let's roll straight into the first of two finals that we saw this weekend. So Friday night, you saw the West Coast Eagles play Geelong Cats at the MCG. Do or die between these two teams. Oh, and what an interesting lead-up we had. <laughs> uh, West Coast Eagles were not not at full full capacity there. Uh, who, who wants to tell us about uh, our friend Willie Rioli? Right, yes, Burns, you're absolutely right. The West Coast Eagles were without one of their stars on Friday night in Willie Rioli. The late-breaking news is that he's been banned from competition during an investigation by ASADA, so the, um, I don't even know what the acronym stands for, but it's basically the drugs people. Um, <laughs> and he is undergoing scrutiny over a sample that he provided after on August 20th, 20th which has allegedly been contaminated. So um, he's not necessarily been rubbed out for using performance-enhancing drugs, but it is on the um, speculation that he has given a sample that has been contaminated with something other than urine. Gatorade. I heard it was... I heard it was Gatorade. <laughs> yeah, did you? What did you say, Tate? Sorry, you heard it was. I heard it was Gatorade. I it all sort of. I just heard bits and pieces on the radio, um, and yeah, Gatorade. But you guys were saying there's potentially spit. Uh, oh, it's just that in some the the sounds like the test has come back to say that whatever is in that cup is not what is supposed to be, or has friends with it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know if you guys saw the Herald Sun on Friday morning, um, but big headline across the front page say "Dopey Willie." Oh, oh, jeez! Someone it. at the Herald Sun <laughs> has been patting themselves on the back since they typed that up. Yes, they have. So, um, look, that, that's something that obviously, uh, you know, it's all only alleged at this stage and, and we don't have any more details, but Willie did not play on Friday night, which was quite a big loss, I would say, for the West Coast Eagles. One, because um, that their preparation was probably a bit more disju- uh, disjointed than it would have otherwise been, um, but also, too, because he wasn't out on the field and... As we know, Willie Rioli is an absolute firecracker out on the uh, field and I think could have made a really big difference in that game. So it was the Geelong Cats did get up uh, over the Weagles by 20 points in the end. It was a really interesting game though, Um, Mm. very competitive and Geelong came out to prove something as well this week I think so during during the week there was a lot of speculation around their coach Chris Scott whether his head would be on the chopping block given that Geelong have not had a lot of final success lately Mm. but boy Geelong came out with uh, what looked like something to prove uh, and and prove it they did in the end. Tate you um you backed this last week. Burns and I were pretty solid that the Weagles would roll in and deliver on the MCG and you had the inklings that the Cats would have been burnt by what blatantly looked like Chris Scott had shit himself the week before. So what do you reckon? Yeah, well, I, I thought they were going to come out and I think I said, obviously said that last week before Chris Scott got a torrent of negative feedback and <laughs> a lot of, of doubt cast over his ability but I think from from that 
you know, they're they're a good side, and I think even before yeah. Chris Scott, yeah, having a lot of pressure placed on on his shoulders, I think all the players would have been wanting to come out and improve themselves as well. They're all, you know, they finished on top. My dad gave me a great stat, which was they would have been the first team since the 1920s to finish on top of the ladder and go out in straight sets. So I think they had a lot to prove, not just Chris Scott. Um, And they do play well on the MCG. I think they were getting caught up in rubbish from Collingwood in the round before. and I think they just needed to come out and focus on playing good footy. Um, I was driving through the Otway Ranges when it started and I was getting very, very speckled reception on the radio. So I heard bits and pieces uh, and then went back to this is Beyonce. But they were, when I last checked the score, they were 35 points up and then checked again and West West Coast were two points up. So I think they'll struggle next week because I think they should have really put that one away and it should have never been an issue. But um, they obviously came out and they ended up winning by 20. But the fact that they they let such a big lead go it's finals footy and you expect a contest but yeah I sort of a question whether they'll be able to do that two weeks in a row well, yeah. that second quarter was incredible by the West Coast Eagles yeah so they, they just got absolutely caught uh, off the first siren Geelong were out of the blocks really quickly and looked really dominant in the first quarter for West Coast to come out in that second quarter and claw back what was a significant lead for a yeah. final like their courage was incredible and mm. watching the game it looked almost as if they were just spent so yeah. they worked so hard in that second quarter to get back and then all of a sudden you've got another half of football to go I think there is a real benefit in being the team particularly in finals that gets a good start yeah mentally yes. even if the momentum changes just to be able to uh, I don't know, to roll with it. So, I mean, not to take anything away from Geelong, I think it was incredible that they were able to ultimately run away with it because West Coast were coming pretty hard in that second quarter. Yeah. But, boy, oh, boy, I tell you who did stand up, uh, Tom Hawkins, he is, I mean, we've got some things to talk about him for, but he, I would say, is the strongest full forward in the AFL at the moment. Some of the uh, marks he took contested Possessions yeah. at, at really crucial moments, particularly towards the end of the game. I just thought, I mean, that's why he gets paid what he gets paid. But he is just so strong. He was playing against McGovern, who's one of the best defenders in the competition, and from all reports, made it look like child's play. Absolutely. And then if you conversely look at the other end of the ground, especially in the opening term, you know, Jack Darling and um, Josh Kennedy, the you know two power play forwards for West Coast, just could not take what any grabs that they would normally take usually as sitters. They just really couldn't convert anything. Very jumpy, really unsettled. Whereas Tom, like straight from the get go, showed a lot of leadership. Mm. But even funny that you say uh, in the context of Kennedy, very jumpy because he just cannot get the air he used to get. He's sort of hanging go up for marks. He kind of wanted to like put your hands under his feet, a little bit of a boost. He wasn't quite getting up as high as he used to. Uh, I don't but, think I've ever uh, wanted to put my hands under their feet but hands and give them a boost. <laughs> um, but look, Tom Hawkins, he is a star, but uh, he's got a bit of a, a tough week ahead of him. Uh, he might not, he has a tough night to go home to the wife, that's for sure. 
at least so it was that he didn't decide to hit someone in the face during the home and away season because he's still in contention for the Brownlow. Yeah, so potty listeners, uh, just to catch you up, Tom Hawkins has been referred to the tribunal. He's been given a one-match ban that he can take or he can pay, apparently it's $10,000, to appeal it. So that will happen on Tuesday at the, the match review committee. Yeah, right. So, obviously, if he gets that one-match ban, he will not be playing the prelim final. Massive potential loss, and I imagine he's got a pretty stressful week coming on the first couple of days of the week until that, that decision is made final. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, sure you just accept that, though. Like, with, given the footage, given he is another that has pretty checkered past in this kind of stuff, like, you just take it. He's punched someone in the face and dropped them like a stack. Like... Did, was it, don't you reckon it though, I felt like there was a bit of, not. I'm not going to say staging, but he definitely got a punched in the, it was sort of like the side of the neck, and then he just like went down. Because that's yeah. fine. The movement, the movement though, Tate, I do agree, it was almost because like, they were going back with it, it almost looked like Schofield was kind of like in the air at the same time, and then like. Mm. Getting punched and also falling, so I couldn't really. But still, I just think it's no, but it's no good. Yeah, I think it was it was fairly unanimous. I think on the socials there's been a lot of contention around it because everyone keeps on referring to Toby Green from his incident last week, and I it's interesting that they keep comparing that. So I think which we can talk more about for the GWS game, but obviously he got off on the charge of potentially eye gouging. I think he got off because no one really knew what he was doing. It was so ambiguous. Vision, no good. Yeah, and you and you couldn't really say he was. That was, you know, it, it just looked like very unsportsmanlike behaviour. But you couldn't say exactly what it was. But yeah, I think there's been a lot of people sort of coming out and comparing the two. They're not like for like, but it's interesting that people are sort of. I don't know if if there is any hope for Tom Hawkins to get off. It will be in reference to Toby Green potentially. So, yeah. potty listeners, if you're not uh, sure what Tate's is talking about, last week Toby Green. Um, one of the stars of GWS uh, was sent to the tribunal over a potential or a incident with Marcus Bontepelli of the Bulldogs. So after last week's final, there was uh, a lot of unhappiness within uh, the, the armchair experts of the AFL community. I think when Toby Green was let off with only a $7,500 fine for the incident, um, there's been a lot of contention around him as a player. We've spoken about him previously about their uh, studs up rules. So last finals, he was uh, the middle of the controversy, you know, getting people's or getting his boots into people's faces. So look, this guy has a lot of controversy around him. And last week's result of a fine only, I think, heightened some of that controversy and. As you've foreshadowed, Tate, the controversy continues around him after this week's game. Yeah, we'll get to. But just before we move on, I want to make a comment about uh, Geelong's captain, Joel Selwood. I was about to do the same, Bethy. I hope we're making the same comment. Okay, so, I mean, it's plastered across a lot of the newspapers today. He has uh, blood streaming down his one of his eyes. Um... But this is a really common thing for Joel Selwood. He mm. must have some seriously, like, 
don't know, has he got scar tissue near his eye that makes him bleed all the time? But literally, last week's final, he had blood pouring down his eyes. Like, I would, I would like, and I, you know, we should have done it, but I would like someone to do an assessment of how many games this year Joel Selwood has finished with a bandage around his head trying to stop blood bleeding out of his eyebrow. Because that man has a lot of blood and it comes out a lot. Before you go, Tate, uh, I would like to also pose a question to the two of you. Joel Selwood is also synonymous for ducking his head. (laughs) Yes, he is. Do we think there is any correlation between the amount of times one ducks their head into a contest and the amount of time one's head gets mashed? Not sure. sure. Good question. He's a hard competitor and there's nothing about it. But if you'd stop getting your noggin in the way, mate, you'll probably stop getting cut up. Just saying. <laughs> I wonder what the chat is like when he gets home. Like, surely, surely you're like, mate, please stop going with your head because I don't want you to keep bleeding every week. Yeah. But it's like, Joel, we've got a wedding soon, for God's sakes. Boxers get, like, cauliflower ears. Will he get some sort of, like... Yeah, something. Or, like, yeah, like, Quasimodo. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be painful. I, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> my thoughts go out to Joel Selwood and his eyebrow. <laughs> I just, like, mate, oh, take some, like, anticoagulants. Jesus, Bernsie. I reckon <laughs> it's all just, pa- it's all part of his, his uh, shtick, I reckon, because I saw he, he's always got a bandage on his head. And it might be because he's always ducking it. Who knows? But I think he loves that sort of, that's part of his personal branding is eye, like yeah. blood down the eyebrow. The and warrior. even, yeah, it's, it, it was the worst I've seen it than that match. Yeah. And at the end, it's just like streaming down. He's got it all over his, like his lip. And it's, I feel like it just really, it gives him his, his edge. He is a bloody tough player, though. Yes. Mm. Hard as nails. Mm. Who do you reckon that? the bill for all of the sports tape that gets wrapped around his head like do you reckon the club's like mate any more of this and you've got a BYO <laughs> Rads, are you going to be a um, still be a Brisbane band wagoner when you move to Sydney? I think they will all, like always have a soft spot because the, to me they are a lot like my affection for the cool boys of footy. They're a really young team, got a lot of promise and um, the Gabba has been somewhere that's felt a lot like home when you're quite far away. So um, I think they'll always be in my little posse, but you know, the power is still number one. But... I was very nervous going to uh, the, the bandwagon of the Gabba because GWS is tackling pressure the prior week. I was like, oh, God, if Brisbane Lions play the way that they played against your boys' takes with that kind of tackling pressure, GWS just bullied the Western Bulldogs. Mm. And similar game style, I was like, Brisbane could be absolutely slaughtered if they're not careful. And... What we talked about the week before, some of those young players, even players like Charlie Cameron, just hadn't been turning up against uh, Richmond in the prior two weeks. They really had to have a crack. 
I had high nerves. Reds, they were favourites though, weren't they, going into the game? I'm not sure. Were yeah. they? I, I think everyone thought it was going to be tight. And tight it was. So uh, the, the Greater Western Sydney got up by three points in the end. It was similar to the night's game, uh, the game the night before. So Greater Western Sydney got out to a cracking start. They were four goals up before Brisbane got a, a point on the board. But Brisbane scored some other points before then because they also came out hard. Some tempers were clearly running high out there. Rad, do you want to describe what that first 10 minutes felt like at the Gabba? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not sure how much would have been covered on the footage of the TV, but there were spot fires of off-the-ball breakouts, brawls all over the place. The uh, Lions really were asserting themselves as uh, a team to rumble with, just getting into each other's faces. GWS, we know, are a very physical team with a lot of, um, you know, they were being called thugs and other phrases at the game last night, but that's kind of their brand. They will really put a lot of physical pressure on. Like, they're really fast-paced, move the ball quickly, they run fast. They're a very, very talented team, but their tackle pressure is high. Like, And it's not just like we're tackling and we're done. It's like we're tackling and then we're going to reinsert you into the ground a number of times until, and like, probably say a whole heap of naughty words in your ear and then you can get up. Like, they are, yeah. And, and that's not a new thing. Really? They've always been. I thought they'd been pretty mediocre at the end of the year. I, f- I feel like they've just turned it up. You know how, like, teams have to bring some, some flavour to a final? I think they've brought that real physical game yeah I think that's been the way they've always intended to play but just at times like having <laughs> and it's also hard they like don't it's not a team that you necessarily kind of really think about which sounds rough but it's just like oh you're not really watching for the intricacies of their game until they are on the big stages like the finals and they um they were ferocious mm. last night yeah, so they, they were ferocious and, and I think the idea for Brisbane was come out and let them know pretty early that, that Brisbane, you know, we're not going to get bullied. Uh, so Brisbane came out and almost, like, overcompensated and just yeah. went for it. Uh, it. It sort of seemed like those first few minutes they were more focused on the physicality than the game playing. Uh, yeah. So all of a sudden they were four goals down and uh, I think that, that there was a switch you know, halfway through that first quarter where Brisbane, I think, realised, hey, we actually have to sit up and step up and play here. Mm. And they got the next four goals, which was fantastic. Yeah. So we went into quarter time, uh, effectively even Stevens. And, uh, I mean, the controversy didn't stop there. Poor uh, Charlie Cameron springs straight to mind. Yeah, so it's Charlie uh, Cameron legendary player and is one that's been quite quiet over the last two rounds of the finals really had to have a crack last night and that he did but in the I think it was in within the first 30 seconds like it was very very early I kind of looked over and said to some of the boys we were with I was like um we've got a problem in aisle two because Charlie was just writhing on the ground in pain he got his arm like caught what looked like between two players oh it still didn't indication of what had happened it looked so bad Oh, it, it looked, and the, his reaction was like that That person, if there's not a bone out of him or something really wrong, they, he was just in so much pain, it was so obvious. Anyway, he was all strapped up and back on. And then right there, was like he got, um, you know, the goals in succession that kind of really lifted the lines. But he was playing with one arm. Mm. I was struggling to watch it. Like he, 
the way he was so tentatively holding his arm, I was I was genuinely like I couldn't watch it. And every time you'd go for a mark, I'd be like, put your arm down, like oh my god. Uh, but the injury certainly wasn't uh, missed by the TWS players. So something we do need to talk about, and is I mean splashed all across the media as well today, is. What you can and can't do when you know there's an injured player on the grounds. So Charlie Cameron was noticeably nursing what is a really damaged up. And then every player tagging him or anywhere in his vicinity would give him some extra attention on that um, damaged arm. Yeah, so there was one particular moment where Charlie was just sort of running down the side of the field and his Giants opponent, Adam Kennedy was literally just like tapping his broken or otherwise injured elbow. So sort of standing or running a couple of steps behind and just every five seconds sort of tapping the elbow. Uh, This was right in front of uh, umpire Sean Ryan. And where the uh, controversy has come from is umpire Ryan actually called up the GWS guy and said, hey, that's not in the spirit of the game. If you keep hitting his elbow, I will give a free kick. It would have been a handy free kick because I tell you what, there was 30,000 supporters at the game last night, 29,000 of which were appalled with the umpiring. It was, I've never seen anything like it in a final. Yeah, well, there were over 50, I think there were 54 free kicks given, uh, which seems whether it was for or against and, the, the, the grounds of that just seems already a very high amount of free kicks given a lot of chat today that the umpires were far too involved in the game. Um, but specifically around that incident with um, Charlie Cameron and a lot of the GWS players going going for him and trying to um, obviously, um, knowing that he was a little weak, uh, going after it. But there's, there is a rule, so I was listening to every, everyone's most um, polarising mate, um, Chad Corns, Kane Corns, made some very strong opinions last night saying that he's not actually injured. So there is a rule to say that if you are unfairly or unnecessarily hitting a player that's injured, then you can have a free kick awarded against you. He's come out and said, well, he actually wasn't injured. He was on the ground and he was playing. So if he's there to play, then it's fair game. But that is also the sentiment of both coaches. Mm. So even Brisbane Lions coach said, you know, if you're on the field, you are fair game and it's finals footy and that's life. But hold on. I reckon it's a difference between people that have played 
footy or spectators and we obviously don't play and I think when you look at it from a spectator point of view you go that doesn't seem like the the most um sportsmanlike conduct yeah whereas when you you know past players especially sort of that old school era of of players that's yeah that's how they grew up so they're fine with it be someone with skill don't beat someone because you're like willing to play dirty I just I don't know I don't I don't think it's within the spirit of the game and clearly people have different views and that's fine but I like I'm all about the umpires telling someone to pull their head in what I'm getting from you Burns is that you're writing a letter and (laughs) we're all from a disgruntled football supporter. <laughs> so that's not the um, the only controversial thing that happened last night. So Toby Green, again in hot water, two weeks in a row, but this time looks like he is going to serve or at least be given a, a one-match ban, whether he appeals it or not, but he's been eye-gouging again. Guys, you obviously both watched. What, what do we think of it? I just can't even with this jerk. What I think is so... Um interesting is he doesn't need to do the things that he's you know uh, accused of doing he is a really good player yeah i just he just doesn't need to do it like don't be in a situation where you have people saying your eye gouging like just don't put your hands in someone's face when you're on top of them on the ground just don't do it keep your hands to yourself we learned this in primary school it, it seems like such a sort of malicious and intentional thing to like go the the thing of what he's done is he goes into a pack he's like the third or fourth player in a pack and then gets his hands in and just tries to undo it like if i I can see i can't really but like i get i can kind of more get how someone like tom hawkins punches someone in the face you're running they're in your way it's in the heat of the moment and you're frustrated and it's like a physical act but whereas he is doing like very deliberate very sort of tactical very sly scheming kind of maneuvers in packs which is really dodgy and just doesn't uh, I, it doesn't sit well with me 100% the worst thing is he 100% gets off on it like there is no there is no doubt that he's fueled and thrived by the reaction of the crowd who just you the only person that was booed more than Toby Green last night were the umpires. Mm. And that's probably fitting. Like that, but he loves it. And that it's almost like that's what is fueling his game to be good, mm. is that he's contentious, like very emotive player. But you're right, Tate. Like that's the kind of stuff that's really gross about it. It's like there are already people tackling that bloke. Like, mm. you even, like, so he's just in everything. It's really ratty. I don't like it. When he was doing his post-tribunal uh, tri- interview last Tuesday night, he came out and he was like, I'm, I'm very, I'm deeply apologetic, blah, 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 like read whatever fucking script he'd been given. And then he went off book at the end when they said, do you think that you'll apply this, the same style of game to next week? And he just saw him. He just let his guard down for a second. And he yeah. just sort of, this wry smile came over his face. And he sort of started laughing and was like, oh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? And then walked off. <laughs> You're like, yeah. that's the real Toby Green there. Champion of the Hawthorne Football Club um, 
three-time Premier, would I be yeah. right in saying that? Yeah. Um, and has been at Brisbane for the last couple of seasons. He's clearly a champion of the game, a leader, and he's done a lot up at Brisbane. Um, so it, it, it's, I, I mean, it, it's most likely his last game. Um, and I just thought, you know, the way he, he went off, I thought it was very mature and was a really great... Um, you know, a way to end his career. So he ended at Hawthorne with the chairlifts and the hoopla, whereas this was more just, uh, you know, thanking the crowd, thanking his supporters, and just sort of walked off leading his team off the field. So I, I was really impressed, one, by how much he still got it and he could absolutely keep going oh. on, um, but two, also just how he held himself in that moment, you know, particularly after a loss um, and at the end of what has been a really esteemed career. straight into prelim finals. Who have so, they got? Uh, they will be playing at Collingwood. No, they won't be. They will be playing Richmond. No, you're right. No, they won't. For, <laughs> you're right. First time <laughs> round, Benzie. <laughs> They're playing. So GWS are playing Collingwood on the Saturday night and the Cats are playing the Tigers on the Friday night. So oh, I reckon if God. GWS bring their um, the same intensity, I think they'll get it back from Collingwood and, and then some. I think that would be a pretty uh, pretty intense game. Yeah, looking forward to it. So predictions? I think Collingwood will beat them. I think it'll be hard, but they only they got over the Brisbane Lions by three points at the Gabba when it should, definitely should have been more. I think Collingwood will turn it up. Yeah, I agree. I think Collingwood will get up. Yeah, same. I think it'll be Collingwood Richmond in the grand final, and I think Melbourne won't know what the fuck hit it. Yeah. Beer sales up. (laughs) Yes, I do think it will be a Richmond Collingwood grand final. The old rivalry. How are you feeling, Kate? Is that a bit, like, squirmy for you? Um. Yeah, look, I don't know. I think it'll be, it'll be, it would be great to see. I'd love to see it actually, as much as I hate the pies. Um, I would love to see that kind of, the old fashioned rivalry, yeah. neighbouring suburbs. Melbourne will just be an, a place to be that whole week and, and the week after whoever wins. If Collingwood do win, I'll want to leave. But um, anyway, it'll, it'll be good to see. It's what it's all about. Don, hopefully your boys can get their shit together now that you've gone. No more camps for you, mate. Surely there's more. One more. Simon Goodwin has to go. Nah, he'll be middle of next season. Yeah, well, that's good. We do need some drama. Yeah, that is good (laughs) AFL form. Like, why wouldn't you punt him now when it makes most sense? Let's just put him out of his misery in round nine next year. You've heard the first. 
Stones yeah. when it goes round nine next year. Round nine, just before the bye, you're gone. <laughs> um, all right, guys, fresh cuts this round. This one came um, – this was fresh cuts of the, the week off because it came from my good mate, Nick Vlosten, who is the legendary defender in the Richmond back line. Just picks off all the uh, all the intercept balls, and yeah, this week he he wasn't doing that, so we went and got himself a fresh cut, ready for the finals next week. Fresh cut, holy. Yes. Didn't his hairdresser also get a shout out in the in the post? Yes, he was just doing, just um, yeah, a little Instagram story that he decided to uh to share on his own socials. So a little shout out for his barber there. He always had a be like quite a lot of facial hair. Always had some sort of beard, um, changed over the years. But conservative haircut, and this time he's he's gone for a he's cut he's cut it in cut in the sides. Got like a fancy bogan haircut for the finals. I did love that you, the way that you described his facial hair is some sort of as if it's like allegedly that is his facial hair, but. Anyway, good on you, Nick. Congratulations on fresh cuts of the round, and we hope that that haircut proves you very successful next week because we'd love to see the Tigers in the grand final again. All right, guys, that's all from us this week. We will be back again next week to give you the full recap of the the final, the semi-finals, as we would say, the final knockout before the grand final. Um, until then, if you do like listening to us, tell some other people about it. We do this every time. Tell some friends. Like you can also do that really um, silly thing where you post it on socials. We do that because it's our show, but feel free to do it too. Um, get the word out there. We really love hearing your feedback as well. So feel free to flick us a little message on Insta. We're at Do You Footy. We also post some somewhat funny videos every now and then. So. <laughs> I also think um, if you're at the dog park, I think the people that go to the dog park for conversation and to hang around would like us for the podcast. So, you know, just for a tip. Everyone that likes dogs likes doing your footy. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, That's the invite friend for the dog park. (laughs) There we go. Yeah, brought to you by Pal. (laughs) And that is it for us. (laughs) See you guys.